Welcome to the Brave Parenting Podcast, an examination of the Bible and how parents can apply God's Word to raising kids in a culture saturated with media and technology. We look at everyday issues from a biblical worldview so that you can trust the sufficiency of Scripture and apply its truth to your life as you raise and disciple your kids. Hey y'all, Kelly and Chelsea here. We are back with our fourth and final episode in the No Porn November series. Chelsea, I don't know about you, but to be honest, I'm really kind of glad because this, these topics really weigh heavy on my soul. Mm-hmm. I absolutely agree. It, it has grieved my heart this month because we've been in this, what, you know, 37 plus days, not including October because we were prepping in October, yeah. right? Yeah. Yeah. No. Um, it's, it's not just the big picture of pornography, but it's all these micro details of these topics. It's a multifaceted issue and it just grieves me. It grieves me to think of all the, the men and women who just, they don't know the Lord. And perhaps they've never heard the gospel. Maybe they believe that the world's, you know, sexual ethic is right and good. And they just don't know any better. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. You know, but they they just believe that these are just like physical bodies who can act sexually without any consequence. Yeah. It's because I was one of those people, right? The Lord has just been so gracious mm. to me, a sinner, that I, I truly, I do want others to know how gracious he is. But like, as we're going to hear today, there's, there's... There's more young men and women on this topic who are jumping onto this kind of crazy sexual train um, and they think there's no consequence. It's yeah. just. Yeah, no, it's, it's absolutely true. You're right. This is why as Christians, we must not be scared of sharing the gospel, first of all, but also speaking about what God's word says about sexual ethics. And this is exactly what we're going to talk about today. As we talk about the app and platform only fans. Now, as we've mentioned previously, this is an episode you may not want to listen to um, alongside of your younger kids. It is going to be talking about um, only fans in detail regarding um, the sex, sex kind of information that goes on there. So you may want to listen first if you do find it appropriate to listen to with your teenagers and have a conversation with that may be good um, after you've heard it at least once. So let's go ahead and kick this off with a little background on the app OnlyFans. So founded in 2016 in London, England, OnlyFans is, quote, the social platform revolutionizing creator and fan connections. The site is inclusive of artists and content creators from all genres and allows them to monetize their content while developing authentic relationships with their fan base, end quote. Now, they also claim that they have paid out over $5 billion to content creators annually. So their website also states that, quote, unlike other social platforms, OnlyFans is welcoming of all creator genres and their content. The platform is designed to optimize creator engagement. When a creator posts, over 60% of their fans see and interact with their content. Over 80% of direct messages sent by creators are seen and opened. And over 100 creators have earned over $1 million since monetizing their content on OnlyFans. The platform continues to grow as more creators are using content as a way to connect with their fans. So this is what the website says on how someone may get started on OnlyFans. So number one, 
you create an account. It's 100% free. And then they also say adding OnlyFans to your social channels is a no-brainer. Okay, number two. (laughs) No. (laughs) Sorry. No-brainer. Okay, number two. (laughs) Set your subscription rate. OnlyFans offers tons of ways to monetize your content. They even offer an income forecaster based on how many Twitter or Instagram followers you have. Wow. I I punched in how many Instagram followers we have. Mm -hmm. And I don't even think that we could charge. But that's fine. We're we're going to stay a garage. Is that what you're telling me? We're not going to add this to our social channels. (laughs) (laughs) Number three, you promote your OnlyFans. And it talks about how a lot of people also promote their other social channels on uh, Linktree. It's like L-I-N-K-T-R dot E-E, which is interesting because I've seen that specifically a lot. Um, It is on influencers and people who have lots of channels. You go Mm -hmm. there, but I'll be honest, I find it, I've seen that specifically a lot on on people who are promoting sexual content. You find that link. So, but anyway, it's a promotion link where you click on one thing and it gives you all of your social platforms. Number four, Mm -hmm. plan your OnlyFans content. They say, quote, trust us. Planning content is a great way to avoid creator's block and letting your account go inactive. The hustle is real, but on OnlyFans, it can end up paying off. End quote. Hustle is real. Okay. Number five, the final way to start your OnlyFans account is to retain your fans. So like if we wanted to, we could put you know, like brave parenting content on OnlyFans. And we like, we could post like videos like Bible exegesis and how to use parental control devices and just generally how to have a biblical worldview and people would pay a subscription for that content. Uh, like, um, well, kinda, except OnlyFans, <laughs> Chelsea, as we know, <laughs> isn't really known for biblical parenting content. So I'm not sure we'd find very many subscribers. I don't think we'd Bummers. be one of <laughs> I don't think we'd be one of those 100 making a million dollars. But and that's because the platform has become almost solely known for its adult content. Mm. Whether this is what they intended from the beginning is sort of unsure, but to highlight this, let's take a look at a few ways OnlyFans has made some national headlines. We're going to combine a little Worldview Wednesday <laughs> in with this. Okay, so here's some headlines. A USA Today article from August 9th, 2020. Now remember, this is like the summer after the COVID lockdowns. Mm-hmm. States, quote, Bella Thorne made $2 million on OnlyFans under a week. What you need to know about the site. Okay, and in this article by USA Today, it says, quote, OnlyFans is a social media network like Instagram, YouTube, and Facebook. But unlike YouTube, which forbids explicit content meant to be sexually gratifying, and Instagram, which only allows nudity in photos of paintings and sculptures, OnlyFans allows it all. Oh my gosh. (laughs) Sorry, that Instagram. I'm like rolling my eyes so hardcore. But I mean, okay, pausing this quotation of the article. Hey, YouTube forbids explicit content meant to be sexually gratifying. Uh, Let's just give a, a little clap. Like, that's great. I know. <laughs> I wish that I know. it actually enforced I that. I wish it were, were true. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. But, okay. Still quoting the article. <laughs> it says that Bella Thorne announced on Instagram on August 19th 
that she's joining OnlyFans by way of a steamy video in which she's dressed in a bikini and wearing a diamond necklace spelling sex. Although she remained mum on what kind of content people can expect, Thorne said she's excited to talk about the politics behind the female body shaming and sex. Wow. (laughs) Thorne quickly cashed in. She became the first OnlyFans creator to earn $1 million in under 24 hours. Now, it is also of interest that Bella Thorne, who is a former child Disney star. Oh, my word. Don't even get me started on Disney stars. (laughs) Just don't. Just don't. I'm literally, y'all, I'm literally sitting here with like my hand over my mouth. So I do not continue like (laughs) interrupting Kelly. Um, But we did cover Disney in the other podcast. Yeah, Disney stars. Child Disney stars, that actually could be its own, <laughs> like, where are they now type of I know, podcast. I know. What has happened Absolutely. to them? Yeah. Yes. Yeah, so Bella, Bella Thorne, she actually, I only know her really from like one movie, and that's, I think we talked about in the last podcast, Alexander and the Terrible, No Good, Very Bad Day. She's the <gasps> oh, girlfriend. Oh, is that her? I did not realize. I live in a hole. Okay. Yes. Thank so you. She, I did not. Okay. She's the girlfriend <laughs> who was like, you know, telling him, like, you put a period after your text. Like, that's offensive. Like, I don't even know oh, what yeah, she yeah, says. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know yeah, what I'm yeah. talking about? Okay, yeah. <laughs> okay, so she's that girl. This is who that okay. is in real life. Okay. So, yes, well, Bella Thorne, the former child Disney star, she won a Pornhub award for an X-rated film called Her and Him. I'm sorry. Wait. <laughs> I said I wasn't going to interrupt you anymore, but I just lied. They give out awards? Uh, Pornhub does? <laughs> I didn't. I don't. I don't, I don't, I don't want. Know. I don't want to know what that trophy looks like, Ellie. Oh my gosh. <laughs> okay. Oh now, my word. This seems. It seems so crazy, right? But I want to be charitable to her because she is made in the image of God. But I think it's yes. obvious what type of character her behaviors represent. Oh, absolutely. They're like the absolute antithesis of biblical parenting content, Kel. <laughs> That's what this represents. Oh. Oh wait. There's more. <laughs> Oh, it's like a game show. (laughs) Another headline (laughs) coming out of August of 2020 is that Cardi B also joined OnlyFans. And she promised to share behind the scenes footage from the music video WAP, the rapper's, at the time, new explicit song with Megan Thee Stallion that focuses on sexual female empowerment. Mm -hmm. Now, the WAP... And if you don't know what WAP, W-A-P, is? You just don't want to know. If you don't know, you don't want to know. Don't Google it. You just don't want to (laughs) know. That really might change your algorithm. Um, Just ask some young person, sadly. And if they're brave enough, they might tell you. Um, The WAP music video amassed over 117 million views on YouTube in one week. But fans weren't able to see Cardi's full artistic vision because the song was censored. (laughs) Ahead... (laughs) Ahead of the release, Cardi said, quote, the music video is going to be the censored version of the song because the song is so nasty that YouTube said, hold on, wait a minute. What? Okay. Now I'm like, hold on, wait a minute. No. It's so nasty, she says. The song I, is so nasty. <laughs> I, I don't need, I cannot imagine what the behind the scenes content, I cannot imagine, yeah. I don't want to imagine, like I, it's. Oh my word. I'm Kelly. gonna be honest. I did watch that video because I you felt did. I did. 
Because okay. I felt like I needed to because there was so much talk about it. And I was like, I need to right. know how terrible this is. Right. Um, I don't know if I finished it. You don't have to watch very much. And it was terrible. It was, it was nasty. I, I <laughs> haven't seen it because I, I've learned what the acronym was for. And I was like, oh, no. Yeah. Nope. Not okay. Me. So, well, here's the deal. Here's the deal. You see, Cardi B has come out and said that her OnlyFans is just a place for her and her fans. And she will not be showing her, quote, P or her T's. <laughs> oh, my gosh. Or her A or but. So okay. <laughs> it, oh will, it will instead be a forum of question and answers in a way that she can talk about her personal life with her fans. Oh, okay. So, so not, hmm. yeah, that's good. Yeah, hmm. that's good. So <laughs> if we fast forward to 2022, an article posted on September 3rd, 2022, stated that Cardi B was making $10 million a month on OnlyFans. What? <laughs> $10 million a month. A month. Wow. Oh, my People gosh. People just rem- paying I- for her content. Yeah. I'm thinking back to a Worldview Wednesday. What was it? Maybe September, October. I can't remember. I think it was in September about Bad Baby going on oh, OnlyFans yeah. Yeah. as soon as she turned 18. Um, and she said that she made $52 million in her first year on the platform, not to mention more than a million on her first day. But her deal was that she was creating a scholarship fund for kids pursuing trade school. Right. So, okay, so we have a lot of rappers. We have a lot of celebrities on this platform. And that really begs the question, if this is all there is, is it? I don't know. I, I, no. No. It's not just no. celebrities. <laughs> no. The answer is No. There are lots of everyday people on this app trying to bank a ton of money for themselves. And perhaps our listeners' minds have already gone to where our minds have gone. And it sounds like something that, you know, broke college students, broke Mm -hmm. students could try and capitalize on in order to pay the bills. You know, and the answer is yes. If you thought that, you are are in the same lane that we are. And this is exactly where the app finds its popularity. Right. Yeah. It's just almost like the same lines of sugar dating. Uh, So to expose some of this, let's look at an article titled, quote, The Naked Truth, Sex Work, and Student Life. And this was published in the spring of 2021 in UCLA's Prime Magazine. So put out in UCLA uh, 2021. Okay. It says, quote, sex work and pursuing a college degree have never been mutually exclusive, but especially not now. The pandemic and the massive job losses it has brought have left many college students scrambling for alternative sources of income. Enter OnlyFans. Although not directly marketed as a platform for selling explicit content, OnlyFans has become synonymous with digital sex work. The site has made both accessing and selling X-rated content easier than ever before. Anyone older than 18 can sign up and become a creator. Porn stars, celebrities, and college students alike. End quote. Wait, this was an article in a college, college magazine. Mash? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Now, hold on. <laughs> I'm sorry. Yeah, My so they're face, really, I know. Yeah, they're highlighting. This is just what it is. I mean, frankly, I, I appreciate their honesty. They're, I mean, they're just calling it out. They're, they're not hiding anything, what? that's for sure. <laughs> what it is. Now, within this article, they highlight a college senior who lost her job due to COVID lockdowns, as many people did, 
and she needed a way to make ends meet. She describes how she was already posting pictures on social media and bikinis and whatnot, so why not OnlyFans as well? It goes on to say that as she got more comfortable, she began posing in lingerie and then eventually fully nude. She made $75,000 on OnlyFans that year. Now, at one point, the journalist writing this article references a recent research article from the International Journal for Equity and Health, stating that female sex workers still face many stigmas and get mislabeled as, quote, criminals, immoral troublemakers, sexual deviants, and vectors or reservoirs of disease. To which the only fan creator that they're, just, they're talking with pushes back on and says this does not describe her. She says that she is intelligent and will be graduating at the top of her class and hopes to enter graduate school. Okay, <laughs> but brave parents, here is what I want you to hear. And that is this quote from this female college senior. She says this during this very long um, article of interview. She says, quote, there's phases that I go through where I don't even log in for weeks, she said, because sometimes I'm like, is what I'm doing right? Then the article says these moral conflicts affect her mental health. She said leaving her questioning if the money she's earning now justifies jeopardizing her future career plans. The girl goes on to say, quote, I don't know if what I've done has ruined that for me. Platform also meant, or the article also mentions that the platform has caused her to reevaluate her relationship with her body. Now she credits her breast augmentation surgery for the initial surge in followers on Instagram that led her to create an OnlyFans account in the first place. Wow. Wow. So this is what I think I understand and why I think pornography and the people behind like content creators and whatnot, they push it so hard is because these moral conflicts still exist within mm -hmm. the like, and if we can get rid of the moral conflict, then it's okay for everyone. Yeah. And there's, there's no more questioning. That's right. 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 But it's hard. It's really hard to listen to something like that. What you just shared that young woman's kind of like experience because a lot of us would think not my child if mm -hmm. i'm totally honest a lot of us would think that but her list of kind of like why she even considered you know creating content like this this really it's mainstream news i mean everyone has been affected by the covid lockdowns and nationally we're discussing the high cost of tuition i mean her reasons are really yeah. relatable and as parents listening to this, that should jolt our systems. These are relatable reasons. Mm -hmm. She is not in some weird subset of circumstances where we're like, okay, that really wouldn't ever happen to us. No, these are relatable. Yeah. Every single one of our children could absolutely face the same pressure and temptation to make ends meet. Yeah. I mean, it's the temptation to put your trust in something other than God. In this case, it's to put your trust in your sexuality to meet your needs, um, to pay the bills. You can dress it up and you can call it, you know, an autonomous choice and thus not sex work. But in the end, you are still selling yourself. It's like someone in antiquity who couldn't pay their debtors, so they sold themselves into slavery voluntarily in order to pay their bills. Mm -hmm. 
Except that wasn't necessarily like demeaning work. It was work. It was good work. Like it wasn't, but yeah. this is demeaning work. Yeah. This absolutely erases her value and her dignity and her intrinsic worth that is put into her because she's an image bearer of God. Mm-hmm. Yeah. The worst part of this all is that the enemy tells these young women or even young men this lie is it's going to be empowering. Oh yeah. But it's not empowering. It's absolute slavery. It's the exact opposite. Slaves, if we think about it, have always been considered to be the lowest of society, unworthy of rights and and, and dignity. It's a tragic fact, but we are sinners and we make awful decisions in how we treat other people. Mm-hmm. And it's tragic that the the lies that these women believe and the consequences that follow. And you know this grieves the Savior's heart. You know it does. Mm-hmm. It uh, God delighted in her creation. God delighted when she when she was first formed in her mother's womb. He delighted in all of that. And then to see these things, to make see these choices that we make, where the people put their trust in today. Um, it, it just it, it condemns them because this is all based in general revelation and general relation, revelation can only condemn them. There is no salvific nature in any of this. It's like as John MacArthur writes in his commentary on Romans, all false religions, and I would add idols, present counterfeit means of salvation. The more adherence feeds on the falsehoods, the more immune they become to the true gospel of Jesus Christ, the living bread of life, which is exactly what we see in the so relevant passage to today's age. And that's in Romans, you know, 1, 18 verses 18 through 26. We see this. We see that people know that God exists and they suppress that truth um, through their wickedness because God is known to them. He's been made plain to them is what the, te- um, the scripture says. Yeah. And they suppress it. And so God gives them over to their sinful desires of their hearts, to sexual impurity, to the degrading of their bodies with one another. They exchange the truth about God for a lie. Um, and they worship and serve created things other than the creator. Mm-hmm. I Romans tell. Romans 1, 18 to 26, I feel like we could go back to over and over and over I and know. over again. It's absolutely true. Every worldly type topic that we kind of tie into media and technology. Yeah. Because it it just goes to show that, yeah, when we, like John MacArthur says, when we, um, the more we give ourselves into these falsehoods, the more Im- immune we become to the mm-hmm. true gospel. We just believe that sex work is fine. Stop, you know, <laughs> calling it, you know, bad and blah, blah, blah. We need to change the stigma, right? you know, of all of this. What? No, <laughs> right? Mm-hmm. No. And I can just say, honestly, that, you know, taking sexual photos and videos of yourself to send to random people who are going to pay you, this is unnatural. Right. There is nothing natural about it. And I think we can even hear it in this girl's language. Who's talking about her experience? You know, like that's what Romans says is God gave them over to their shameful lusts because right. that's what they were worshiping. And the women exchanged natural relations for unnatural ones. Mm-hmm. This is an unnatural relation that they're just being kind of given over to. It's because they're, mm-hmm. they're worshiping the creation instead of the creator. 
I was just thinking back like on our comments and I just want to clarify something for our listeners. When we talk about someone who's sold themselves into slavery, we're talking about indentured servanthood. Um, and I just want to make that clear when we say that there was dignity and worth or dignity and value in the work that they were doing. It was an indentured servanthood. And and we see that in antiquity in in Israel. Um, and it was only for a very short period of time for seven years. And then they were, you know, once their debts were paid off, they were right. free. Yeah. And many times um, in Leviticus, it says to those who have indentured servants to treat them so well that they would actually never want to leave your exactly. house. So I really want to make that clear to yeah. our listeners. There was a very dark period in American history, and we are not saying that there was any value, worth, or dignity in um, the transatlantic slave trade by any stretch of the imagination. Right. I really want to make that clear to our right. listeners. But I'd also like to highlight something that she said about how scriptures kind of just speaks directly to her, her comment. She said that there are phases that I go through where I don't even log in for weeks because sometimes I'm like, am I doing what's right? That's a really important moment mm -hmm. because she asks herself this question. She's weighing her worldview with her action. She is questioning the morality and ethics of the activity that she is engaged in. Listen to what the prophet says about idolatry. <clears throat> this is um, Isaiah 40. 44. For, sorry, thank you, 44. All who fashion idols are nothing, and the things they delight in do not profit. Their witness neither their witnesses neither see nor know that they may be put to shame. Who fashions a god or casts an idol that is profitable for nothing? Behold, all his companions shall be put to shame, and the craftsmen are only human. Let them all assemble. Let them stand forth. They shall be terrified they shall be put to shame together. Now, let me pause here and explain that what Isaiah is saying, that profiting from an idol that's made from a human, and I would add sometimes that is human because we can worship other people, right? It's mm -hmm. going to lead to shame for everyone involved. What we see here in the verses coming up next is the modern equivalent of making a plastic figurine of myself with a 3D printer and then selling it to others. Hmm. I don't think I'd buy it. I don't. Oh, <laughs> man. No, I'm just joking. <laughs> I mean, <clears throat> I myself and everyone who bought like the 3D plastic idol of me, well, they're just going to be put to shame. So I'm glad you wouldn't buy it, Kelly, because you would be... You right. would be put to shame. That sounds really yeah. silly. That's a good example. Like It does. It, yeah. It's like, let me fashion something for everybody to have and like worship. And the 3D model, now that we have 3D printers, is a great example of something that we could do. We take something that is created, you know, right. from our human hands, um, from the technology that we have, and now we're saying, let's worship this. <laughs> right. It's true. It's absolutely true. Um, and relevant to our topic, making an OnlyFans account where people can buy images and videos of mm. a body or someone's body. I mean, yeah. hey. That's, That's where right. we're going here. So whether it's a tangible, physical Absolutely. idol or whether mm -hmm. it's just pictures and videos on a screen, it's yep. still idolatry. Mm -hmm. Yep. I'm going to pick us up in verse 12. He says, the ironsmith takes a cutting tool and works it over the coals. He fashions it with hammers and works it with a strong arm. He becomes hungry and his strength fails. He drinks no water and is faint. The carpenter stretches a line. He marks it out with a pencil. He shapes it with planes and marks it with a compass. He shapes it into the figure of a man. 
with the beauty of a man to dwell in a house. He cuts down cedars or he chooses a cypress tree or an oak and lets it grow strong among the trees of the forest. He plants a cedar and the rain nourishes it. Then it becomes fuel for a man. He takes a part of it and warms himself. He kindles a fire and bakes bread. He also makes a god and worships it. He makes it an idol and falls down before it. Half of it he burns in the fire. Over the half he eats, or over the half he eats meat. He roasts it and is satisfied. Also, he warms himself and says, Aha, I am warm. I have seen the fire. And the rest of it, he makes it into a god, his idol, and falls down to it and worships it. He prays to it and says, Deliver me, for you are my god. They know not, nor do they discern, for he has shut their eyes so that they cannot see, and their hearts so that they cannot understand. No one considers, nor is there knowledge or discernment to say, half of it I burned in the fire. I also baked bread on its coals. I roasted meat and have eaten, and I shall make the rest of it in an abomination? Shall I fall down before a block of wood? He feeds on ashes. A deluded heart has led him astray, and he cannot deliver himself or say, is there not a lie in my right hand? Mm. So the prophet Isaiah is emphasizing the point that once you've gone so far down into this road of idolatry or the hardening of your heart, you can no longer say, is there not a lie in my right hand? Hold on. I just need to pause because one of the things that we were so astounded with when we first started Brave Parenting, I remember you had taken the kids to Six Flags and you were like, every single kid walks around with a phone in their hand. Mm-hmm. They cannot keep it in their purse or their back pocket. Yeah. It literally sits in their right hand. Yeah. All the live long day. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I and do you remember. Like, yeah. And I, I remember reading this part of Isaiah and finding so much um, relevancy in the sense that, is there not a lie in my right hand? Is this not this, become yeah. an idol yes. to our children? And this was, yes. <laughs> this was eight, 10 years ago. Sorry, I just had to deviate real mm-hmm. quick because I was just like, wow. But okay, so here's this girl and she's pausing to ask herself, like, is she doing what's right? And I don't, I'm not sure if you spoke about this in the article, but it points out, the article points out that she had had a lot, or she has a long-term boyfriend, which seems bizarre, Yeah, but is essentially the same thing as this example. With, with her body and soul, she's giving herself to one man offline. And I assume, of course, considering the common like secular ethic of sex outside of marriage, right? Yeah. But online, she's selling herself to everyone. It's like using a tree f- to both warm yourself and then bowing down to worship the tree saying, deliver me, you are my God. I mean, this is absolute yeah. dualism. And most people cannot stop to recognize and ask, like, is this right? Right. Do you know what I mean? Like, I... I don't know, Kel. Yeah, I, no, I, I, that's, that's exactly what I think. And I think that's why this passage of idolatry, I mean, we would not consider going on to OnlyFans idolatry. We would just think that it's immoral, it's sex work. It's, we could label it a lot of different things. Yeah. But I think that when you are selling yourself, essentially, you are almost making yourself an idol. And I think that's a good place yeah. to, to really focus in on. Because we have to stop and ask ourselves, is this right? What's interesting is that she does. She goes yeah, off of it for does. a while and she says, mm-hmm. I don't know. Is what I'm even doing right? 
And I think if we can take a practical tool away from this, I believe it's that we must really train our children to recognize what the secular world just kind of calls our conscience and what we would really call the Holy Spirit. Mm-hmm. You know, even if you're not a born again, redeemed believer in Jesus Christ, mm-hmm. the Holy Spirit still works on you and draws you in. Yeah, that's the whole point of salvation. And that's why it's unmerited grace and favor is because we right. could never get there ourselves. And it's the Holy Spirit. And when we're doing things that obviously grieves the heart of God, the Holy Spirit is there reminding us <laughs> of what is known Mm-hmm. Of of common grace of what is known about morality, and I don't know, Chelsea. I'd maybe like to hear your thoughts on this, but I think you know it's these moments that we need to teach our kids that when we hear these questions, these this voice of the Holy Spirit, or whether you call it your conscience or whatever, we hit the brakes and we either repent or we reconsider or we you know we do something different. Like this should be something that we actually have to teach our kids to mm-hmm. listen to that voice, because I think. Culturally, we've become so accustomed to squelching the spirit because we're just so constantly online. Mm-hmm. We're so constantly bombarded. We don't even let our thoughts like get deep into our heart and actually right. recognize and self-reflect, is what I'm doing right? Because if right. you're just getting online and scrolling and doing whatever, you're just constantly bombarded with the messages right. of, um, you know, it's your body, your choice, female empowerment, your truth, or you are enough and you can't love others until you love yourself. I mean, like there's all of this like self-love, self-worship, um, self-empowerment garbage out there. Right. If we're not in the word, what, you know, we're completely lost. That's true. I think you're bringing up a really great point. And I think <clears throat> to Christian parents, we really need to hammer home the importance of transcendence. Like this young lady has no moral framework outside of this very broken creation. That's Mm -hmm. her, you know, when she sits there and questions, am I doing it? Am I doing what's right? The only thing that she can hold that question up against is a broken world, a broken world that has poor sexual ethics, that doesn't have a value um, of the human physical body that has no... um, uh, desire or worth to cultivate the soul. Mm-hmm. Do you know what I mean? Yes. Like we're, all, the, you know, everyone is their own standard of truth. That's right. Yeah. And for us as Christians, we have a transcendent standard of truth. That's why biblical counseling is so amazing because we can take ordinary common man problems, as First Corinthians would say, and we can hold them up against a word, a, a testimony of Jesus Christ God the Father, the Holy Spirit, a transcendent trinity that is not affected by this broken mm-hmm. world. It is some of it's it is one of the most amazing facets of Christianity. I mean, we were talking about this just after the elections. Like, yeah. Thank the Lord, my savior is not mm-hmm. part is not affected by this broken world, right? Like right. we have a yeah, we have a king. <laughs> we have a king. Right. And so when your kids are questioning themselves, take them to God's word, take them to the transcendent word of God that is not affected by this brokenness. Don't use self-love and self-care and and all of this this moral framework that is just based in general revelation. And as Romans 1 would tell you, general revelation can only condemn a man. 
it cannot save him. We have to have special revelation. We have to go there to the to the work and life and resurrection of Jesus Christ, our Savior. We have mm-hmm. to go there. Yeah, I think this also really points to the fact, um, I think we'll maybe touch on it later too, but you have to start younger. <laughs> because Oh once, my gosh, yes. Once you... If you're not teaching this transcendent truth that that this is how we measure right and wrong. I mean, that's right. such a basic message that we can teach our preschoolers. Yes. We measure our right and wrong by God's word. He yeah, does it is, please God? Yes. yes, absolutely. He is the arbitrator of truth. Like mm-hmm. there is no other personal truth. And the more we start that young, the easier it becomes when they're teenagers and they're being bombarded with these messages. That we right. can go back to that and say, hey, this is what we've been taught. You're trying to teach a 15-year-old who's already been on social media for a couple of years that actually, you know, no, there is a transcendent truth and there's one truth and <laughs> it's going to be really hard. I, I mean. Oh, it's going to be, it's, it's going to be crazy hard because it's, it's bad habits, right? Yeah. It's not just bad habits. It's bad. I don't, I mean, I don't even, it's, it's bad everything, <laughs> but like. But yeah, yeah, because, oh my gosh, don't even get me started. I'm sorry. <laughs> <laughs> okay, let me, let me get back here. I've got another <laughs> article to quote here. So on the website, hercampus.com, an article titled, A College Only Fans Creator Says Sex Work Isn't the Best Creative Outlet. So that article talks about um, another young woman and she's sharing her experience. And the reason she's sharing her experience is because that while she was contemplating joining OnlyFans, she did some searching on the internet and could only find praise for the money uh, that you would make and nothing about what the experience was like. So she actually researched it, trying to see, well, I don't know, like what, what's really behind the scenes and couldn't find anybody actually sharing any real or hard experiences. So she says, quote, I was seeing all the hype around making money off of OnlyFans, but I really didn't know what to expect. There's no way to really prepare for the interaction aspect of it. You have no idea what you're going to be in for. She says in her first post that she, before she posted, she had to set some personal ground rules. And she says, quote, I was thinking about my moral compass and what my boundaries were going to be, what boundaries I was going to set. She continues to say, quote, I basically set the boundary of no nudity. I wasn't comfortable with that. I was comfortable with bikini pictures and enticing poses because I was already taking those photos myself. So that wasn't anything out of my comfort zone. Now, (laughs) the article, I mean, let's just be honest. That's just what you see on social media. That's the norm. That's become the norm. norm. Enticing, sexualized, bikini type of photos. Right. Okay, let me (laughs) just, you just need, I just need, I need, I need to keep my hand over my mouth. (laughs) The article goes on to say that ever since joining OnlyFans, so she did get on, um, she felt overwhelmingly sexualized by everyone she came in contact with. She was paranoid into thinking about who was truly subscribing to her account. The fact that she didn't have control over who viewed her content scared her into overanalyzing the actions and words of her classmates, professors, or even people at family gatherings. Soon after starting an OnlyFans account, she realized that she wasn't feeling as empowered as she originally anticipated. She says, quote, I thought I was going to be very proud of my body. 
but that wasn't how I was feeling. I started beating myself up. I was constantly questioning why I started it in the first place. It was just a quick downward spiral for my mental health. I'm going to repeat that. Mm. She says, I was constantly questioning why I started it in the first place. It was a quick downward spiral for my mental health. Oh my goodness. It's just, yeah, she's living, she is living in general revelation. Mm-hmm. She can only stand condemned. Mm-hmm. It right. can only, con- do you know what I mean? Like if someone was to come alongside her in those moments and say, yes. this is God's moral truth. This is actually why you're questioning. Yes. This, this is the answer to your questions. The, she would probably find I hope so- she would be open to yeah. it. Yeah. But <laughs> and comfort. Find peace. Comfort. Yes. Yes. And understanding. So she goes on to say, after a few weeks on the platform, I was already uncomfortable with the interactions I was having. I started posting subtle images, but then the DMs started coming in, like, how do I get pictures of you nude and asking mm. vulgar things. Subscribers were asking to see a lot and using all of this terminology that was brand new to me. I had never, quote, sexed it before or anything like that. And it all made me think, why am I doing this? At times, the article goes on to say that she found it difficult to set boundaries with subscribers as the people on the platform pushed her boundaries too far. Over time, as she wondered if OnlyFans was worth it, she says, quote, I got a little bit scared, like I put myself at risk and made myself really vulnerable when I didn't necessarily have to. Eventually, I didn't feel like compromising my well-being just for this little bit of income. And she quit the platform after 10 mm-hmm. months. Now, what I find interesting about this girl's experience is that mm-hmm. she evaluated her moral compass ahead of time. That is awesome. And I think that's what a lot of people are doing. But as you said, when you don't have a gauge <laughs> of what is right and wrong, right. it's so subjective. And those DMs coming in, they can push your boundaries. This is what we talked about in sugar dating. You go mm-hmm. into it thinking, oh, I've got these boundaries. But then your boundaries are pushed. And before you know it, what was the quote? I was doing sex work long before I ever knew I was a sex worker. Yep. That was so, it. So yep. now granted, you know, she eventually obeyed these questions and got off the platform. Yeah. Which is good. I mean, she used her, her own, what did she say? I, I didn't feel like compromising my well-being. Yeah. So she used her well-being. Right. Exactly. As her framework. You know, and obviously we would prefer that she use, you know, God as her she's compromising her in the integrity of her testimony. She's compromising um her faith. She's a bit you know what I mean? We would prefer But health and well being. But, yeah, but health and well being, yeah. sure. Mm-hmm. We can take it. What I find interesting also is that mm-hmm. both of these girls were posing for and posting pictures of themselves on social media in that's bikinis right. beforehand. Yeah. It almost sounds like that's kind of where the door to over-sexualization and maybe even sex work yeah. opens. And uh, that's a whole other podcast. <laughs> um, yeah, I, but I think it's worthy of, of mentioning here. That really posting pictures in bikinis or swimsuits should really not be allowed on social media for the Christian um, 
parent or the Christian teenager, uh, you know, all together. I think it's a practical standard because there's so many, there's so many perversions out there, stalkers. Yeah. We did, we did a Worldview Wednesday, Kelly, on deep fakes. Yeah. You put your picture out there, you do not mm -hmm. know if it is going to end up in a, as a deep fake in a porn. Yeah, it's true. Yeah. And, you know, I've seen, I've seen Christian parents posting pictures yes. of their daughters in bikinis on social media platforms. And frankly, I'm uncomfortable when I see it because Absolutely. I think, you know, gosh, they're so young and this is just out there now in the public square, right? On the internet, anyone can see it. Anyone can lust after this young girl. Even if you were just on vacation and you posted this picture, like anyone right. can now lust after this young girl. And even worse, I think, is if this young girl um, can see what's posted from the parent or whatever, or they get likes and comments, or maybe they're posting on their own platform. Any sort of affirmation about her right. physical beauty will just right. reinforce the posting of these pictures. And the boundaries get pushed. Without even knowing it, they become a sex worker. You know, mm -hmm. I mean, they, they may honestly not know that someone is lusting or masturbating over, right? I mean, it could literally go this far. We've gone through all of these hard topics. And um, it really, when you just see that both of these college age girls are starting with the posting of bikini type pictures or doing a TikTok yeah. in a bikini, you know, because right. it's summer or you're by the pool. But come on, I mean, it's just the doorway. Right. It's a slippery slope. It's so true. You're absolutely right. I just think the the image of the cross, like the first question is, you know, horizontally, does it please God for me to post this picture? And then vertically, would it make a possible weaker brother or sister stumble? And, you know, obviously yeah. if that first answer, if the first answer to that question when we think about God is, does this please God? And, it, and you know, the obvious answer to that, I'm sorry, is going to be no, then we don't do it. Right. But if we're like, oh, I'm not really sure if it's, you know, it's kind of like a gray area, there's, you know, whatever, I'm sure that we could sift it through scripture a little bit more. But, you know, then you look at that vertical, horizontal, the, 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 great, the second greatest command to love others. If it were to make a weaker brother or sister stumble, then you don't do it. Right. That's, yep. you don't do it. Yeah. In light of all of that, we have to return to some, uh, some more news headlines because, <laughs> uh, I mean, <laughs> In order to see this from a biblical worldview, I think we have to understand how the secular world operates. Although I kind of feel like we know how the secular world operates. It's but a, in, you do in, you. In you case you, you're not up on these headlines, though. <laughs> yes, case. exactly. In case. In case. <laughs> okay. So in August of 2021, a Tech Crunch article reported that OnlyFans announced it was banning explicit content starting in October of 2021. They claim their platform was not built specifically for porn, but that it has grown to be its most popular and visible use case. But pressure from banking partners and payout providers means the company will have to leave the adult world content behind and focus solely on SFW. And if you don't know what that means, that's safe for work. Safe for right? work. Mm -hmm. safe. So like if someone else were to see your phone, they wouldn't be like, oh, I've just been exposed. They will focus mm -hmm. solely on SFW material going forward. I remember hearing that news and I was like, this is awesome. Praise God. <laughs> <They're>, <laughs> it's going down. <laughs> and no. Then, <laughs> no. Yeah. Yeah. <clears throat> so fast forward to today, an article published 
last month on October 19th, 2022, states, OnlyFans has been putting a lot of effort into upcycling its image from an adult content subscription platform to a Patreon-like home for all kinds of creators, but it's far from moving away from them as users. The new CEO, Ami Gan, who took over after that August 2021 announcement where the creators were, they backlash, like they were not happy with it, right? Yeah. Mm -hmm. She confirmed that adult content will still have a home on the site in five years, and those creators can continue to make a living on on it. Make a living. Yeah. Make a living. Make a living. You You have no other job. Yep. So- what really happened between those banking partners and OnlyFans, I don't think we're ever really going to know. But I personally think that it was <laughs> solely an effort to show that they realized that they were NSFW, that means not safe for work, and wanted to maybe attempt to like destigmatize their brand. Now, with this new young female CEO, they can confidently remind everyone that yes, every, everyone is welcome even the sex workers. I think that um, when you, yeah, the young female CEO goes to show uh, that this that. isn't just a men out here trying to get women on this platform no. selling no. yourself because I think yeah. they, you know, having a young female CEO, it's empowering. It's saying, yeah. hey, I'm in charge of this platform. And so I have your best interest at heart. But if you heard some of these testimonies, these mm-hmm. girls were not thinking that this OnlyFans was actually in their best interest. They did not feel that this was actually something that was good. And I think that, I think the question everyone really is asking themselves is, why does this matter to the average parent today? You know, <laughs> maybe you're like, I never heard of OnlyFans before this. And now I feel like, what on earth are these women talking about? I know. Well, it, you ask that question and I'm like, I want to like raise my hand and be like, oh, I know. I know why it matters. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> it matters because all women yes. were created in the image of God matter. And the fact mm-hmm. that women are choosing to be exploited and choosing to sell themselves means that there are some very, very dangerous messages being sold to our young people, our young yes. women, our girls today. And for sure, it matters because if your child is going to be financially responsible for their own college, this or sugar dating is an mm-hmm. option that is going to be presented to them while they're at college. And without a solid worldview of God's provision to provide through moral work. Yes. I and we're not talking about a prosperity gospel here. No. He's, it's just, he's just like, providential. Like, yes, that's what he does. He can provide. If we don't have a solid worldview of God's sovereignty, of that he is good regardless of the bad that we see, of his sexual yep. ethic, of his way is better, then they can easily, all of our kids can easily fall into the snares of sex work, either mm-hmm. as a performer or as a buyer, because this does not exclude our sons. They could easily become the subscriber. So it's important uh, at this precise cultural moment because oh oh wait there's more it's like a really bad infomercial (laughs) it really is it's the worst game show ever kelly because (laughs) if you've been paying attention recently in the news 
you will have seen that both TikTok and Twitter have announced that they will be opening up their platforms to adult content. Oh, Kelly, I know I've asked this multiple times. I think I asked it in our last podcast. Why? Why? (laughs) Why? Why? Does every terrible story involve TikTok or Twitter? Can you like... (laughs) Can we please? I mean, like, generally, I know why, you know, I'm kind of like super sarcastic right now. I like, I get it. All these big tech companies do is copy one another's, you know, ideas mm-hmm. because it's super popular on one app or platform and they're making all the money. So then everyone needs to copy it to try and make money themselves. It's so seventh grade. I just <laughs> cannot even with this. It's so true. It's true. They, that's exactly what's happening. It's exactly it. TikTok and Twitter are trying to capitalize off of OnlyFans' great success. And it's just like how Instagram and YouTube created short-form videos on their platform in competition with TikTok. This is how the industry works. And, and y'all, this is how pornography works. This is the transforming power of pornography. It is not a positive transformation. It's like a total degradation. It's mm-hmm. perversion. Selling sexual images and videos or sex itself is not empowerment. It is enslavement. It is not financial freedom. It is spiritual bondage. It is the mental and emotional trauma that you cannot predict that comes upon you when you are in this. Pornography is not transforming humans with dignity and worth. I mean, what it is, pornography is transforming humans with dignity and worth into animals who cannot be expected to exert self-control. Like, are we kidding each other? Really? We can't expect to, you know, have self-control anymore. Pornography Mm -hmm. is transforming the intimate relationship between a man and a woman to an on-demand subscription (laughs) transaction. It was so sickening how they have degraded what is God has made good. Um, It's become entertainment. It's become someone's nine to five job, right? How they're making a living. Frankly, it's a problem because pornography has become sex education for kids. This is why we just have to do something. Why is this important to all parents? Why does everybody need to know this? Because Mm -hmm. pornography, whether it be through OnlyFans, whether it be through Pornhub, it is transforming our children. It is. And they're they're not shy about it. They're not hiding anything. They, uh, they are, they think that what they're promoting is good for everyone. But mm-hmm. like, did you hear these brave women who shared their experience? I mean, we didn't get to read the entire article, but we're going to link it in the show notes. These women are severely, I would say, I don't know if mm-hmm. they are, they were, I would suspect they still are because it takes a while to walk away from something like that severely impacted mentally and emotionally from their experience on the platform and nothing in the article assumes that they have like any sort of like religious beliefs mm-hmm. and they like all humans are created in the image of god they have like a, a generalized moral law his moral law written on their heart and if they squelch their conscience and the questioning that they offered up they really will end up just as Romans uh, chapter 1 verses 18 through 26 says, they will be given over to the mm-hmm. lust of the flesh. We cannot ignore this. Yeah. Yeah. And I think it's, um, we're really at the point where these companies have become so brazen yeah. that they're direct, that it, they can really, I mean, I think this is like in the, in our future, they're going to start marketing on billboards and on social media to literally say, 
hey, come do sex work with us. I mean, literally, if Twitter and TikTok can publicly announce as a wonderful thing that they're going to allow adult content that you can pay for on their sites, clearly they believe that the American public has become desensitized to the talk of sex work. I mean, that is whoever behind the scenes is trying to push the Mm -hmm. destigmatization of sex work, right? By saying like sex workers, you know, are good or they don't, they're not, you know, but they say vectors and reservoirs of disease, you know, (laughs) they're trying to, you know, change this, this thing. If, if TikTok and Twitter can come out and say this, they know that we have all become numb to it. Everyone Mm -hmm. wants to be mad at Christians for imposing our morals on the world. And when we push back against pornography or abortion or whatever topic it is, but that's exactly what they're doing to us when they announce and celebrate sex work coming to their platform. They're putting Mm -hmm. their morals and their sexual ethic on us. It's funny though, because these women, like like we said, we don't know if they had any religious beliefs. We didn't put that moral. We didn't put that question on them. No, they're Mm -mm. created in the image of God. Who put that moral on them, Kel? Yeah. Who did? That's something that is undeniable. (laughs) Yeah. Undeniable. I, you know what, what you just said, I don't think it's too far-fetched. I really don't. It, you know, in 2020, Pornhub offered free accounts during the COVID lockdowns because they saw themselves as an essential service, which I don't even, I cannot with that. Right. But, you know, then we've got these other social media platforms jumping in on the new not safe for NSF, work. Yeah. yeah, not safe for work money-making scheme, right? And as Christians trying to raise our kids to be Christ followers as well, we really have to take the Bible seriously. We must. It's not yeah. have to. We must take the Bible seriously. God's word says multiple times over that the more we expose ourselves to sin, the more our heart is hardened. That literally happens. We just read about it in Isaiah where you mm-hmm. literally think like, I don't, I don't even know what's in my right hand anymore, right? Yeah. Or in Ephesians. And yes, we can get to the point where a CEO like this company or uh, you know, um, OnlyFans or one of these other companies, they just don't care. They don't care about sex work or human trafficking. They don't care about exploitation they don't care about child pornography they don't care because their heart is hardened over mm-hmm. and we as christians we have to keep ourselves sensitive and there is no better place to keep our hearts guarded and sensitive than through god's word and through pa- prayer there have been so many times in my life that i have prayed for the lord to continue to make my heart sensitive to take away apathy to help me empathize and to care more, especially when I've been dealing with the same problem over and over and over again. Y'all, we are not ever going to stop dealing with pornography. And if you've come to a place where you just don't really care, if this is unaffected to you, start praying. Mm-hmm. I know that there are going to be so many more times that I pray that same prayer. We have to be brokenhearted over this issue, plaguing our schools, our kids, our neighbors, our churches. And our brothers and sisters in Christ. Yeah. And if you're at that point where you're like, I'm listening to this and I'm just like, it's not doing anything for me. Like I, I pray, please yeah. start praying. It is not going to happen over one prayer. It is going to be a work, an effort on our part. You know, Paul says, work out your salvation with fear and trembling. There is some effort to yield, to submit and to obey to God's word. But he is absolutely faithful to transform our hearts because it will please him if we live lives of purity. Yeah. I think we also, as the church, um, we need to be praying in preparation because there's going to be like a big fallout. Yes. And we already have the mental health crisis. And if the church can be prepared 
with these type of truths of, yeah, you've been obeying the the secular ethic of the world, but your moral right. conscience knows, <laughs> you know, this. Is, so we as the church really need to be in prayer and prepared for when the broken the transgender people, movement falls out, like yeah. all of it. Yeah. yeah. Sorry. No, it's true. All of this. Um, when we all, when people start to wake up and realize like, oh, this thing in my right hand is a lie. Right. Exactly. Exactly. There's going to come that point. And so we really need to be ready. And as a church, um, that's what we're called to do. We're called to, to be there, um, mm-hmm. to be able to share the gospel. But I uh, Chelsea, I have one more testimony to just talk about real quick um, as we sort of kind of prepare to wrap up this episode. And this was uh, posted, I think, through Yahoo over the mm-hmm. summer and a young woman going by the name of Amaranth, who is an OnlyFans and Twitch streamer revealed to her 5.9 million followers that she was, quote, living in a fancy prison. In multiple clips on her platforms, she shares phone calls and text messages she receives from her husband, who threatens to kill her dogs and take all of her money if she doesn't continue to stream. He has coerced her into doing hot tub streams and 24-hour streams using threats. The dangers are not lurking out in the wide world of followers, but in this instance, in the home, in the home mm-hmm. as well. I think, you know, we both said about being desensitized and no longer valuing human life and no longer seeing lives, you know, of intrinsic value. And this is exactly what this husband is doing. Like, what in the mm-hmm. world? <laughs> what in the world? This is just another way. Like, it, again, it doesn't always have to be college students, but it, it, it goes into other, which is why I want to bring this up. It just goes into other facets of our sinful lives. And I think it points to the fact that Twitch is yeah. another platform yep. that you can stream on. It's typically used for streaming video gameplay. Like if you were curious of, oh, my child wants to play Call of Duty. Um, let me jump on Twitch and I can watch someone playing Call of Duty live and see what that game is like. That is actually... A moderately decent good use of that. If you were curious about a video game, you can watch someone playing it. Well, also on Twitch, same thing, streaming platform of any kind, you also have sex workers. So, so it, it's really, it's a big, big problem all around. And it just really points back to the sinfulness of, of mankind. And the need for a savior. And the need for a savior. Amen. So we're going to recap. Yeah. Yeah. You want to take us into the recap, Cal? Yeah. So let's do this. Okay. So yeah. let's talk um, about really. Uh, kind of tying this all up, what about OnlyFans, all the things we've discussed in No Porn November. So number one, signing up for OnlyFans is easy, lucrative, and popular. But, you know, one day soon, it won't just be OnlyFans and its other platforms, as we can see, that are also joining the not safe for work content like Twitch and TikTok and Twitter, right? This is not just self-contained to OnlyFans. So we need to be aware of all of these type of platforms. Number two, we need to remember that we've all been in places where we have to make ends meet. And like some of these testimonies that we have given, um, most of us can remember what it's like being strapped for cash in younger years or maybe even today. But we're not facing generally the temptation and the pressure to make, se- uh, make ends meet through sex work like our children are facing today. There is a real temptation to use sex work to make their ends meet. And the reality is we have to stop thinking that, oh, not my child, not me, not my house, not my family, not, not this, right? Mm-hmm. Um, just if you listen to the stats from pornography and sugar dating episode, you know, 
you, you have to just take this out of your mind of not my child. Absolutely. And this is why parental controls exist on smartphones, because kids should not be allowed to download new apps without parents' knowledge and approval. This mm-hmm. helps ward off that temptation and curiosity when that precious frontal lobe is not developed. Yeah. Yeah. It's, yeah, that's how you act out, not my child. <laughs> right. Exactly. You, that's how you apply it. Yeah, that's yes. right. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. Uh, number three, our kids really need a biblical worldview on the body, on sex, on marriage. And it needs to start younger. It needs to start younger. When we, when we talk about guarding our hearts, right? This is a reference from Proverbs 4.23. And we really must understand that the only way to, tru- to truly guard our hearts is to embrace God's wisdom. So let's, let's look at actual Proverbs 4. It says, take hold of my words with all your heart. Keep my commands and you will live. Get wisdom, get understanding. Do not forget my words or turn away from them. Do not forsake wisdom and she will protect you. Love her and she will watch over you. The beginning of wisdom is this, get wisdom. Though it costs all you have, get understanding. Cherish her and she will exalt you. Embrace her and she will honor you. She will give you a garland to grace your head and present you with a glorious crown. Those are some good points for us to remember and to help us. But I'm, excuse me, I'm really convicted right now by that. You know, though it costs you all you have, get understanding. I'm just thinking of when Jesus Mm -hmm. says that a builder, he doesn't start a project without counting the cost first. And part of the conversation that we should be having with our children is the cost of embracing God's wisdom. It could cost friends, jobs, family members. It could cost them, you know, people uh, in their older years who would like to court them or even potential spouses. This is a sobering reality for all of us trying to follow Jesus as wholeheartedly and obediently as possible. It costs us in this lifetime. Mm -hmm. But man, the gains are going to be amazing in heaven. But you know what even it costs you to embrace the world too. It does. It costs you your mental health. It costs you, yeah. your, you know, I mean, it, there's a lot of costs. So you need to weigh the costs. Which, yeah. <laughs> which costs do you want to bear? And number four, um, our last recap sort of over this is time is of the essence. You do not have your kids as kids forever. Rather than entertaining them with social media, gaming, we have to just teach them God's word so they can filter all of these temptations and pressures that they are going to face. It's not an if, but a when for every single one of them, when they will face some facet of pornography, right? We have already discussed this. It could be on their phone, on Instagram. It could be a friend's house through a gaming device. Um, you know, it can be through financial hardship and turning to sugar dating or OnlyFans, right? You, we cannot know how your child and pornography will meet, but we do know that they will at some point. Mm-hmm. And this should be of our of our gravest concern, um, especially when they're young, to start, like we said earlier, start with just that transcendent truth. Mm-hmm. And like, as we've said through this, and Solomon stated 3,000 years ago, there is nothing new under the sun. Sex has been exploited since the fall of mankind, mm. from concubines to temple prostitutes to brothels and now to OnlyFans. But God mm-hmm. is still good, and he is still faithful to his word despite the sinfulness of our world. And that should give us courage. It should give us hope. But there's work to do to combat this insidious and harmful trend of the, por- of the pornification of our children. Yeah. And it has to start so much younger than what yeah. maybe when we had to talk, like, right? Maybe like some people would say 13. Mm-hmm. I'm saying, Kel, seven? 
I do. You know, well, like, like we age said, appropriate. The, the truth, like, we've got to teach them yes. that there is one moral truth. Yes. They Absolutely. have to have that gauge of what am I basing my morality on? What am I basing right. my right and wrong on? And it, I also think, you know, just looking around today at young people, depressed, lonely, isolated, anxious, this should tell us that what is going on in their world is not working. Whether it's the pornification, the overindulgence and the fleshly desires or something else, it's definitely time to make some changes. Absolutely. And I believe it begins with these type of conversations with young people. Sorry, I definitely, you know, seven, uh, at least about moral truth, about marriage, about relationships. But yeah, starting with God's word and the sexual ethic, it really is the best place to start. There's a lot of things we can be talking about our kids with. Um, mm-hmm. But this is, I think it's just, this is only going to become worse before it gets better. So I know for me, I'll definitely be sharing this topic with my high school girls, the small group mm-hmm. that I lead of high school junior girls. Mm-hmm. And I think I know I'll be taking this information with me to like my other mom's groups and using basically what I've learned through this, um, kind of parsing it down into um, age-appropriate content for my teenagers. Right. Because uh, you yeah. just got to start having those hard conversations. Yeah. Yeah, it's true. And, um, you know, as I wrap up, I have mentioned that I've been researching this to several adults um, outside the church, inside the church. And y'all, I am grieved that these are, these are people who have teenagers. These are people who have college-age kids. And they've never heard of OnlyFans. They've, they've not known that this is the actual thing that's going on. It is, it's maybe talked about. They've seen a news headline and they just, you know, glaze right over it because it doesn't affect their lives. And I cannot impress upon you how important it is to share this with other parents. I don't necessarily know if we have the best <laughs> OnlyFans wrap up, you know, in a, in right. a podcast. There is, but um, we've really tried to do the Lord um, honor by showcasing OnlyFans for what it really is, um, a way for, for young people to engage in sex work. And that's grievous. And we all need to know so that we can start these conversations. Because if the young people today are just doing this without any knowledge of their parents or the church, anything, we just need to share this. So thank y'all so much for listening and engaging in this No Porn November series here on the Brave Podcast. Please, again, share this so that others can know, others can start this conversation, um, so that we as adults can really stay in tune to the challenges that young people are facing today. Thank you, Chelsea, for all your work and help. And guys, friends, believers, thank you. And until next time, go and be brave.